Before we start, here's something I'd like to tell you about. In these uncertain times, it's important to think about the people who are at the front line keeping the world running and helping people in need. Health professionals, emergency services, and of course, podcasters. Podcasters are here to inform, entertain, and to make people's lives better. In fact, it's part of the oath we take when we become podcasters. So let me introduce you to a podcast that does at least two of those things. Hey guys, it's Brendan Shea. And Annie Weebs, and we're the hosts of Serial Spirits Podcast. Serial Spirits is a combination platter of true crime, paranormal, mysteries, and conspiracies, all rolled into one platform that is not for the faint of heart. Listen in each week as we bring you original investigative series, interviews, chilling stories of the supernatural, and more. Subscribe to Serial Spirits on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all your major podcast platforms. You can also tune in weekly by listening online through our mothership, Paranormal Warehouse, at ParanormalWarehouse.com. For extra content, early access, and exclusive merch, become a Serial Spirits patron by subscribing to Paranormal Warehouse's Patreon page. Find us at Patreon.com forward slash Paranormal Warehouse on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Serial Spirits. The Serial Spirits Podcast. Enough with the bore. Let's get down to the gore. Believe me, Serial Spirits is really good. If you like ghosts and serial killers, you have to check them out. Details are in the show notes. Also, check out my other podcasting friends, the very funny The Unbelievers podcast, and also listen to Amelia and Will from Ghost Hunting in New England for some very spooky tales. Now, let's do this. Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 13, Simon Parks, Alien Shagger. Simon Parks was a Labour Party councillor for the Yorkshire town of Whitby. He's married with three children. But that is where the ordinariness of Simon ends. His mum is not his real mum. His real mum is a nine-foot green alien. And his real family is not his only family. He also has a hot alien cat wife, who he has dirty alien cat sex with, and made alien cat children. Is he for real? I don't know. So listen on to find out what else I don't know about Simon Park's alien shagger. don't use the word abduction, but you use the word contact. And in fact, you called your human mother daddy for a while. And quite early on, you lost your virginity to one of these aliens. Um, there we go, that's one of my drawings there. Simon Parks was a British politician. He was elected councillor for the coastal Yorkshire town of Whitby. Whitby is best known as being the home of Dracula. Every year, the sleepy seaside town is overtaken by a collection of goths and fake vampires. Simon was a respected member of the community, seemingly living a normal life with his wife and three children. But Simon had something to hide. 
Simon had had a lifetime of alien abductee experiences. He also had an alien lover and secret alien love children. And in 2010, he went public and suffered a political backlash. I also hate to think what his wife made of this. Simon went on this morning with Philip and Holly to briefly explain why he should keep his job. But one man who definitely believes in aliens is Labour councillor Simon Parks. What's more, he claims he's having an affair with one and after the story hit the headlines, he's now facing calls to quit. Why should he quit? He hasn't paid off any porn stars or grabbed anyone by the pussy. Well, he, uh, he joins us now and uh, we'll come to all of those calls in a moment after we've heard some of the story, which is remarkable, uh, extraordinary and starts before you were even born. Well, first of all, can I say how pleased I am that you've invited me to your show. Oh. Uh, it's delightful to be here well, live welcome. and on air. Yeah. Um, yes, indeed, my first memories are very, very early. Simon sounds and looks very calm. He also has an incredible comb-over. Uh, so, in the womb? Yes. Um, and what, what, because very few people, if any <clears> others that I've ever met, uh, can remember that far back. So how come you can remember what was happening in the womb? You're absolutely right. Most people can't remember. For some reason, I have a, a very good memory. He does have an incredible memory. I usually can't even remember how I got to my house. Um, I can't answer your question as to why I know, just that I do have a... So what memory. do you remember from I that? have a very clear memory of a face, um, just a face, no real distinct features. A face? In the womb? I think he ate his twin and then suddenly being aware that there was much more to this world than, than I knew. Well, yes. All you've seen is a womb so far. There is a lot more than that. Sadly, not for your twin, though. And your first time you came face to face with an alien was when you were about sort of six to eight months. No, I would have come face to face with such a creature much earlier. The oh, one oh. you're referring to, I think, is a little bit later. Mm. Okay, so when the first one then... About three months old. Three okay. Months, four months. Jesus, she was only a couple of months out. And what, did, what does this alien look like? Because obviously we have images in our mind of the ones that we see, you know, in movies or those, yes. that sort of image. What did your alien look like? You're absolutely right. Hollywood's very good at putting out little creatures that people know as greys. Uh, this one researchers call a mantid, or in America it's referred to as a mantis. Uh, it's a green creature. It's about seven foot tall, and this one wore a, a robe or a cloak, purple coloured. I guess cloaks are in this season. Um, there we go, that's one of my drawings there. Let me tell you, Simon is definitely not an artist. Oh, OK. And um, the, the creature uh, literally reached into the cot that I was in. I remember it distinctly had wooden bars, green, yellow, red, blue, with like an abacus, painted abacus on the top. We know what a cot looks like, Simon. She asked you to describe an alien, not a fucking cot. Creature just reached and lifted me up, um, and then I was actually tilted over to look straight into its face. And he doesn't describe the face. I guess he's thinking his drawing is enough. It isn't. So these are experiences, and um, you don't use the word abduction, but you use the word contact, because yes. you, you are a willing subject, yes. um, a willing participant. As much as a six-month-old can willingly participate in anything. So from the moment there when you were obviously very young uh, and, and you were meeting them in their various guises, um, when was the first time that you believed that you had contact outside of your living environment? I want to say the word abducted, obviously, but when well, were you a, taken? When a, did you go? That's a very um, incisive question. That's a very good question. Um, in those early days, I wouldn't know they were aliens. To me, they were just things that came to visit me and they were not distinguishable from my real family. I guess that's understandable. I remember my great-uncle Dick. He had a round head, large bulging eyes and no ears. But that was because he was blown up during the Blitz. And because these things have never hurt me, I never built up any sort of scaremongering or, or fear of them. Um, I think from about 1963, that was my first experience of being taken off the earth into a craft. And what did that, can you remember what that looked like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was a, not a traditional Hollywood-type uh, flying saucer. It was a teardrop-shaped craft. If you can imagine a teardrop. I can. 
like a water drop, but with the blunt end going forward and the pointy end at the back. Wow. And one of the, one of the um, aliens wanted to be your mother or said that she was your mother. And that must have been quite confusing because, I mean, how old would you have been then? Well, very young. Very young. So yeah. that's what I mean. It's quite a difficult thing to comprehend. And you had your human mother. Yes. And that did lead to a bit of confusion yes, there for did. you, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. And in fact, you called your human mother Daddy for a while. Correct. Because you couldn't work out why you had... Well, why would I need two mothers? This guy is a therapist's dream. And so this progressed through your, through your childhood. And quite early on, you lost your virginity to one of these aliens. Right, here we go. Who now? This is quite a this is quite a confused part of the story here because from what I read, the <clears throat> alien turned themselves into the woman from the Fry's Turkish Delight advert. <laughs> For listeners that aren't of my advanced years, in the seventies, advertisers would try to have a scantily clad woman on every commercial, even actually, especially advertising chocolate. Yes, this is holographic, so I wouldn't have actually lost my virginity. Um, this is a holographic image. Um, we think we have some wonderful technology here on this earth, but the technology that I've seen far surpasses anything that we have here, or at least anything that the military tell us they have. Um, this was a holographic experience. How old were you? Uh, that would be about 1965. What age were you then? I would be about five or six. You six lost your vir virginity at six years no, old? No, I didn't say that. It was a holographic. Oh, that's okay then? When he was six years old, they didn't fuck him, they just jacked him off to some space porn. Yeah, so you had a sexual encounter with exactly at six years old. Absolutely, yes. So age doesn't matter to them? Uh, no, because it's about experience, it's about um, your soul. I'm sure that's what Jimmy Savile would have said. I know in the West we don't really understand souls, but in the East and in the Bible they actually understand souls very, very clearly. You went on to have non-holographic sex with uh, an alien called a lion lady. What? Lion lady? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and although you weren't attracted to her, yeah. you said that wasn't really what it was about. It wasn't like what we have here where there's sort of, for the majority of people, there has to be a sort of attraction. It was for other means. Um, this is an incredibly difficult subject for most people to understand, and I fully, fully appreciate that most yeah. people can't get their head around it. He's not wrong. Um, we're talking about creatures that have the ability to enter your mind, to go into your mind and give you images um, and to make you think one thing when actually you think another. So I think these creatures would have actually um, come into my mind and made me appear to love them. Does that not bother you that they're um, doing that? Well, I mean, I'd be quite upset <laughs> if someone came into my mind and convinced me that I fancied them. Yeah, the thing is, I've, I've seen these creatures ever since I was very young, Yeah. Um, from a very early age. And that's a reason to fuck them? And when you realise that humanity is not the only thing in this galaxy, in this whole... In this whole I thought it was a UFO. Well, if, only if it was. <laughs> only a fly. It could land on the White House lawn, <laughs> couldn't it? Um, when you get used to these creatures um, and you realise that mankind is literally just a pinprick in a yeah. massive constellation, um, some things become less important. That doesn't explain why Lion Lady is fucking your brains out. But, but why did they pick you? What is their agenda? Do they, do they plan eventually to take over? I, for one, welcome our new feline-like overlords. No, because if they wanted to take over the Earth in the traditional Hollywood style, yeah. they'd have done it in the Stone Age when all we would have had would have been bows and arrows. Thank God for that. I have noticed that he doesn't like Hollywood very much, does he? When was the last time you had an encounter and what was it? Um, it would be about six weeks ago. Um, and that would have been just a, a general encounter for a health check. They checked your health? Absolutely. Cough. And are you in good health? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm in alien health. I'm, I'm 53 years of age. He says that in a way that he wants Philip and Holly to go, Oh, no, you're not. You look amazing. Uh, they don't. <laughs> but when you say you're just picking you, the Labour councillor from Whitby, um, it, it, you would have thought that, did they have some sort of grand plan for you? Would they, would they you know, think, oh my God, we thought this guy was going to be Prime Minister? <laughs> That's a bit harsh, Phil. They wouldn't have picked Boris. He would have fucked them all. And lost count of how many alien children he had. No, when they, when they picked me, as you call it, I wasn't, wasn't a Labour councillor. I was a very small child. Mm. I still don't like that. 
Okay, I was going to say, um, did you realise when you came out and finally spoke about this? Because you said earlier on that within your family, you know, they said, don't, let's not talk about this outside of the confines of the family because people don't understand. And obviously you've come out and you've said it and it's gone very public and we're talking about it now. And people have said he shouldn't be working. We, we don't want him as our councillor anymore. How do you feel about that? Okay, well, that's old news, that's old hat, because when I first went public about three years ago, the same angry people who sit on their armchairs and get very angry, um, I'm sure it's the same people, made the comment. And all I would say to them is, you know, vent your angry spleen on those members of Parliament who stole money, who defrauded the, the, the country, on those members of Parliament who got other people to take their penalty points for them, mm. on those great tycoon bankers who nearly destroyed this country. Um, I haven't broken any law. Um, when I was elected, I'd already gone public, so the people already knew, and it came up six times on the doorstep. Mm. On four occasions it was positive, one occasion was negative, and on the last occasion, the gentleman concerned didn't give a damn as long as his wheelie bin was emptied before 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. It's all about the bins. You can do your job as a councillor um, to the best of your ability uh, because you are there all the time. What happens when you're taken away from medical? I mean, who's doing the job then? Very, very good question. Um, the best thing I say to people is speak to the chief officer, speak to my colleagues um, of the same party or other party, and see what they say about me. You might not like what they have to say, though. Do you disappear <coughs> when you go for a um, you can be, You can be taken physically, and I have actually been taken with other people as well, yeah. so they know. And do uh, your family wonder where you are? Um, the close family often wonder where I am. Yeah. But just to finish off the question there, I am not taken during meetings. How thoughtful. Um, these creatures do not want attention drawn to themselves, mm. and the last thing they would do is, is visit or take during a large gathering of people. What do they feel about you talking out now about them? Uh, clearly they don't have an agenda either way, because I would have been stopped if they were against it. So, aliens don't want to be seen, but also don't mind Simon blabbing about it. And that wraps up his time with Philip and Holly. But after the break there's some viewer reaction. The comments have been coming in. Claire said, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to this story. Brilliant viewing and good for Simon. Uh, Susie Quinn said, I think imagination is a wonderful thing, but some stuff is maybe best kept to yourself. I think Susie might be referring to the underage alien porn wank. But on the whole, the comments were pretty supportive. So I don't know what that says about viewers of British daytime TV. But that was just a snapshot of what happened to Simon. He was interviewed at length by AMAC, which stands for Anomalous Mind Management Abductee Contact Helpline. And they go deep. So, Simon, tell me about your mother. Researchers refer to them as mantids. Ah, oh, okay. So it's green, it's got very huge eyes, two tiny little holes for a nose, a very thin slit mouth, um, and it actually enters my mind through my eyes. It sends a message which I feel going down my optic nerve into my brain and it says, I'm your real mother. I am your real mother. I'm your more important mother. I hope his earth mother never listens to this. And that's, that's all that memory will go to. I uh, have nothing else of that. So that would be about six months old or eight months old. Um, from that, Really, it started when I was about three and a half years of age, and I had um, chicken pox. And I know it's quite hard to say, but my mother actually said, well, I'm going to work now. I'm three and a half years old. And she actually said, they will look after you. And she just went to work. She said, I'll be back at lunchtime to feed you, but they will look after you. So she, she went and she just left me a little jug of water and a little glass of water. Um, and I sort of Sorry, is this, is this actual fact as a little yes. three-and-a-half-year-old, your mum? Yes, yes. Your human mum went off yes, to work? Yes, it's confusing, isn't it? Yes, my human mother. And I, left I you confused. where? In a chair? Or? No, in bed, because I had chicken pox. Oh, now I understand why Simon believes he has a more important mother. She left a three-year-old with chicken pox alone with just a jug of water. Mum was quite happy for me to, to be left there, and at three and a half, I don't think you really realise what's going on, do you? And did they turn up? Or? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> they, well, I, I, I had a sleep, and then I was woken up, 
um, my name was called and there was a, a guy who looked to me like a waiter in the room. He had a tray in Excellent. his right hand <laughs> with, a, with a glass, what looked like water, mm. and over his left arm he had a, like a tea towel. So he struck me as a waiter and I said, who are you? Maybe his mum isn't so bad. She must have hired the waiter to pour his water. And he said, I'm your doctor, which is odd because it didn't look like a doctor. Mm. It looked like a waiter, but he said, I'm, I'm the doctor. And I said, oh, I'm alone. And he said, no, you're not. I'm here to look after you. Drink this. This will cure. It doesn't say your chicken pox. It says your viral infection. So I, I drink that. Um, and then I go to sleep. And then I'm woken up again. Oh, God. I hope the waiter slash doctor didn't roofie him. And uh, there are two green beings, which look like my other mum, but they don't have a purple cloak on. Well, I hope they're wearing something. So they, they, they're naked. They don't have any, any robing on or any clothes at all. Oh, no. So I said, well, does mummy know you're here? No, I don't mean my mother that's walked out the door. I mean the mm. other mother. And they say, yes, your mother has sent us. And what happens is that they, they want to put something into my hand. I don't think I like where this is going. And they show me, uh, it's like a marble. Oh, thank God for that. And they show it to me. They say, we want to put this into your hand. Do you give us permission? Um, and I say, does mummy want that into my hand? And they say, yes, mummy has asked us to come here. Mummy has asked us to do this. To which I then say, um, what will it do? And they say, mummy um, will know where you are all the time if you have this. His earth mum should have put one of those on him if she's going to leave him alone all the time. And then the doorbell goes <coughs> to the flat and they both stand stock still and they don't move. And they both put a hand, they don't hurt me, but they both put their hands on my chest like this. And I know that one of them is communicating with somebody outside of the room. And then <laughs> the wardrobe doors open, double doors, and two guys will come straight out, one after the other, and they've got black sunglasses, white shirts, black tie, black suits, and as soon as they come out, the first thing they do is say to me, Hello! Hello! What the fuck? How big is his bedroom? There's a waiter-slash-doctor, then the two Mantis guys, and now two men in black? They're making it very clear that I'm not to be scared. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they come through, they draw handguns from, from the... They're both right-handed from the side. And I remember that they didn't like cowboy guns because I've seen cowboy films. And these were, these were short guns and they were black. So I suppose automatics. Mm. They both draw guns um, and they go through past me. And, and I say to one of the doctors, who's that? And he says to me, human enforcement. Human enforcement? And then the next thing is what I call the little helpers. These are the little grey creatures. Mm -hmm. But I've always called them when I was little, the little helpers, because they always help the big ones. Mm -hmm. And they come through and they start drawing the curtains. They'd have to be little to squeeze into this crowd. Um, and I say, well, who, who's at the door? And they say, them. And I say, who's them? And they say, your government. Dun, dun, dun. And then what one says is, if danger threatens... Mummy will come with many soldier guards and we will take you to a place of safety. He's moving the curtain more and more and then I get to see what's out there. And it's it's person that's dressed like him, but clearly he's an ally of this guy behind there because they're making signals. And then this strange looking person. And then what he does is he puts his hands above his head and spins in the middle of our little garden, spins round and... That's it. We know it's clear then. So the other guys, they put the guns away. Wow. This is truly an amazing story for a three-year-old to remember in such detail. And believe me, he went into a lot of detail. I've cut about 80% of it out. So, after that exciting interlude with the men in black, and the guns, and the grey helpers, and the curtains, and the spinning, we get back to that fucking marble. He describes for a very long time, how they push it onto his hand and it sinks into his skin. And I, I start sobbing, because it doesn't hurt at all, there's no pain, but it looks so weird. Mm. And what, what he says to me is, the doctor says to me, um, look at all the lovely animals that have come from the zoo to visit you. And when I look like that, there's a giraffe and a cheetah in the bedroom, frolicking and playing. 
how big is this fucking room? I know now that it was in my mind. <laughs> they were never there, but they were so real. So, obviously, the animals were a hallucination, but not the mantis guys and everyone else who came through his wardrobe. And, obviously, my attention is taken away while I'm watching that. And then they disappear, and it's all been done. And I look, and there's not a sign. There's nothing. My hand's absolutely fine. There's no, no blood, nothing. Finally, they put the tracker in his hand. He's told he's going to be safe, and everyone leaves. But I'm not alone, because when I look, there's another little grey creature here, one of the little helpers. And, he, and I say, oh, you know, you're here. And he says, I'm going to wait until they call they called my human mother your adult. That's what they refer to her as, your adult. Oh. So we wait for your adult. I'm, wait, I'm here so you don't get lonely. Well, isn't that thoughtful? And then, then the little grey creature, um, and I say, I know who you are. I don't mean individually. I realise who the grey creature is. Mm. And I say to it, you should just do. And he says to me, I should. So then I push my half glass of water towards him and I say, fill it up. And he says, but it already has, I can't remember exactly, it's half, half full of fluid. Why not drink that first? Then I will fill it up. And I say to him, fill it up. Now we know why his mum leaves him on his own so much. He's a little dick. The grey fills up his water, then says, your adult is here. Probably so he can leave the little twat. Then he turns into an owl and disappears. His mum comes in and we get a little window into Simon's mind and why he might imagine a more important mum. And then my mother comes in and says, um, hello, how are you? And I said, that's fine. And I want to show her my magic colouring books that I've been painting. But she doesn't look at them and she never looks at them and she's never interested. I always remember that. But I show her anyway. And that ends his story when he was three and a half. We fast forward to four years old, when Simon had been left alone by his mum again and an alien walks through his wall. It just comes straight through the wall and I'm really scared, really, really frightened of this because it's just walked through the wall and I scream and it turns into a clown. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing turns into a, a, to a, to a circus clown. But that makes me even worse. There's nothing funny about clowns. It's, it doesn't understand why I'm upset mm, because it's showing fearful. me the image of a clown and it, 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 it's confused. And then what it does is it changes into a policeman. I'm not sure which is worse. Mm. So it's, but it's, the, the face is wrong. The face is a face of a lion, of a cat. Cat Cops, coming soon to Netflix. So what we've got here, um, Simon's created a, a memory book, which is really interesting because it, it, it's quite extensive. So, and this is from the very beginning, this is from the first memories, and, and this is what we've got. So this is the, the kite face. Yes. That's coming, coming through there. I don't know whether we can see that, all right. As I said before, Simon is no artist, but these drawings are amazing. It's almost as if he drew them at the age these things happened to him. But he didn't. He drew these when he was an adult. I'll try and post some on Instagram. We get back to the story where Simon is scared of Cat Cop. Um, and the next thing I, I, I have is a voice saying to me, look at me. Don't be scared. Don't be frightened. You won't be hurt. Look at me. And I recognise that voice. I know that's my mummy. That's the mummy that picked me out of the cot. It's better, Mum. And then I'm hit with a blue light. And the next thing, I'm floating out of the room. That's, and the room becomes... All the room becomes see-through in the sense that I can see through the walls. Yes, yeah, sort of transparent the there. Uh, and I go through. And I don't remember going through the ceiling. <laughs> then I'm in a room that's bright blue metal. Is he in a spaceship? And there's a dear old lady sitting next to me, stroking my face. Ew. And it's a very important, turns out to be a very important pattern. It's one, two, gap. One, two, gap. And it's this same routine. Mm -hmm. But when I look at this dear old lady, her face changes and it becomes the face of a cat. Cat granny now? Uh, and then I get a bit worried because where's my, my mother, yes. my human mother? Mm -hmm. So I say, where's, where's mummy? And as soon as I say, where's mummy? She points her arm and says, look, there's your mummy. And sure enough, there's my human mother walking toward me. But as I look at her, 
the face changes and it changes back to my other mummy, my green mummy here. This kid must be so confused. Mm. And then I run up when he's in his full mounted guise and ah, I accept him okay. and I say, mummy, 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 look at my toys. And he is so pleased that I've accepted him. He reaches down, picks me up, lifts me up. And as I put there, he says, are. you are truly loved, you are special. I'm not sure special is the word I'd use. And then we go on a journey. Um, and then I'm clearly not, not in my home because I've, this is the first time I've encountered these. I've encountered them several times. They are transportation discs. They're about six foot in diameter. And so we're traveling on that and I'm very scared oh, okay. and I hide myself into his cloak. Little pussy. And the next thing, it, it, it thanks, it, uh, it, it, there's obviously lots of gaps here, but I'm put on a table. I don't mean I'm put on it. I sit at a big, like a kitchen table um, and I'm given a paintbrush, a little, little jam jar with water in it and a set of paints. They obviously don't know he's shit at art. So I paint a picture and I use just two colours, blue and green, and I paint two rolling hills and a tree. See, who's ever seen a blue tree? Or, or knowing him, he probably did the hills blue and the tree green. And then he offers me what, what we call the, um, the ceremonial drinking vessel. But because I'm very little, they've, as a thoughtful addition, they've put two little handles on it for me hmm. to hold. But I must make him very proud because I don't use the handles. I hold it as an adult would hold it. Isn't he a big boy? And then I'm taken to see uh, something rather unusual. It appears to be a very large cat, but it doesn't have a tail. I wonder if he ever had a cat with him when his mum left him alone. It, it, it's not a pussycat. It's a person pretending to be a pussycat. Oh. Is this one of those furries I keep hearing about? <laughs> so they're on all fours. Hmm. And what he says to me is, you may stroke the pussycat. So I go up, it's a female, this cat, and I go up and I say, nice pussycat, and touch the pussycat. I don't like where this is going again. And then here, the, the cat starts talking to me and says, you're a cute boy. Oh, God, no one should ever say those words. And starts tickling me. And I'm going, hee hee, laughing. And then I'm told, now it's your turn to tickle the pussycat. No! Yes, it gets worse. So when I tickle the pussycat, she rolls over on her back, but she growls. She doesn't laugh. She goes, grrr. Mm. That's a happy growl. And then I'm told, you can ride on the pussycat. So once this sordid episode is over, the little grey that he bullied earlier comes out and gives him a teddy bear, and he's taken back home. I don't know if his mum's there or not. I think I'd like to quickly jump forward to 1971. Thank God for that. I want to get as far away as possible from that creepy furry session. It's one of the, the most complex experiences that I'd had. Can I just ask you just for a sort of a, a reference point of your 11 age? About 11 and 11. three quarters. Okay. Have you noticed how he never uses a simple number for his age? Not 11 or 12. It's 11 and three quarters. And... It's when I made an agreement with them. I actually remember making an agreement with them. I am hysterical. I'm screaming and crying because I'm on this spaceship where it appears to be a school taking place where children are being taught. They're all girls. I'm the only boy there. He's obviously a very special boy. Um, and I'm being told to wait because someone's going to come and collect you. You're not coming to school. Uh, you're going to be collected. And then this being sort of marches towards me. I don't run away, because in the back of my head I think I know this creature. And then he walks straight up to me, looks down and puts his two hands on my shoulders and says, would you like to be like us, to have knowledge and understanding, mm -hmm. to know the future and see the past? Um, and, but I never let him finish the sentence, because I'm so interested in the past and the future, I say, yes! because I really want to know about the past and I really want to know about mm. the future. And as soon as I say that, his hand drops down off my shoulder, takes my right hand, and he says, then come with me. Well, he's not going to say no, is he? Now, this is really important because it empowered me. I realised that I had made an agreement. No longer was it a case of them coming and taking me and doing stuff and dropping me back. I've actually agreed to it. Now, I'll be honest, with these things, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Yeah, bloody aliens. So I didn't agree to go on a spaceship or I didn't agree for an implant, etc, etc. 
but they have impli implication is that I have. Mm -hmm. Because I've made an agreement, they'll now interpret that in a very wide angle. But what I would say to you is that most people who are experiencers do not remember the agreement. They're not permitted to remember it. And the reason for it is that this is your get out of jail free card. I really don't know what he's talking about right now. In, uh, in what uh, terms? I'm not going to say because oh. I might, they might be extremely cross with me. I'll tell you this, if I bought a sofa from a, a, a shop and I sit on my sofa and I say this is bloody uncomfortable, I don't like this, I don't want this sofa anymore, I want out, and I go to the shop and I say I want my money back, take the sofa away, say where's your receipt? Where's the receipt? I haven't got the receipt. I can't remember it. Ah, then you can't. That's my receipt. The receipt he's referring to is another one of his childish drawings that show him making this agreement. And don't you usually try out a sofa before you buy it? Um, and uh, the only reason they've let me have the receipt is because they know I won't use it. They know that I won't cash it in to, to, to be out. So I've been permitted that. Um, because they're so confident that I won't want to jump ship. I swear, the more he explains this, the less I understand it. But I guess the gist of it is, they have permission to take him now. He explains it in another very long-winded way, that they take his soul and place it in an alien body. And he's even been on ride-alongs when they're abducting each other humans. He moves on a bit and tells us, what else he gets up to with the aliens. He explains he sits in a big dentist chair in a big room with human scientists. There's, the room is controlled by a computer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I asked the computer what its name is. And the computer says, I haven't got a name. Would you like to name me? And I say, no, I'm not going to name you. Not even Computer McPewtyface? Am I on a spaceship or a fixed installation? And its reply is both which isn't helpful, but is truthful. So it's actually a spaceship, but it's a self-contained pod. Right. Um, where there's, there's time, all I know is there's time involved, and I'm being tested. I have a crew, <laughs> I have a crew, but it's not flying in the true sense of the word. Um, and I'm given um, scenarios that play out on the screen. There's one, there's a war going to start, um, and I have to avert that war. Only Simon Parks, future Labour councillor of Whitby, can save us. And I'm given bare facts, and then I have to go around my crew and get more information and make a decision. Um, so these are, it sounds like these are, are sort of um, instructional, tuitional... Joanne, I, I, I don't know what they are. I, mm. All I know is that I'm being tested, and I know it's a test, because before this I've met the Great One. He's the manted in charge of all mantis and he's about 12 feet tall and he has a throne and he has two reptilian bodyguards um, and when he he's on the screen when he talks oh, to me right. everyone else has to leave the room no one else and, and mum here mum says to me I've never even seen the great one so is Simon more important than his more important mum so everyone's ushered out of the room and it's just me in this dentist's chair and the screen and the great one, and the great one talks to me and says, there's a task coming up. Uh, I accept you into the family, that's what he says. It said it was preordained that I would accept you, but the task is not fully known. If the task fails, all is lost. Um, but he says to me, the light is strong in you, young one. Um, mm. You know, be brave. They're trusting the future to this kid who craps his pants at the sight of a clown and balls his eyes out on a flying disc. So... Waffle, 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 then on to something else. And do you have any sort of sense or understanding of where they, they come from, where they're uh, no, situated? I've, no, I'm, I'm probably the world's worst uh, person here because a couple of times where they've asked me, you haven't asked my name. And I say, I don't want to know your name. I'm not interested in your name. Hmm. Um, but he did want to know what the computer's name was. And if they have ever mentioned a home planet... I, I don't remember it. I've only got about two or three names of all the things. I think the thing is that, that when they come, we have a job to do. We have a job to do, and you know, some of my, my more recent experiences, I say to them, what are we going to do today? And mm -hmm. I'll say, I've come to show you things, and I'll, because mm -hmm. you're not quite in your right mind, and I'll say, oh, goody, 
which is odd <laughs> because I'm not, not a kid, but oh goody, I like it when you show me things. Mm. Now, if I was meeting up with aliens, I'd at least want to know where they're from. And I don't mean in some xenophobic Brexit way. Yes. That, that's what they've said to me. You exist in two worlds and your genetic material is able to survive in our world. We've been able to take your soul out of your body, put it in one of ours. Um, therefore, we wish to make hybrids of your genetic material because mm. they will last longer mm. on the Earth. So Simon is then asked, why him? Because up till very recently, hybrids don't last, they just don't last long. Mm, right. They've been at this for thousands of years. I really expect them to, to have moved on from that. I would say that what happens from, from, from the little bit I do know, it isn't that the body degenerates, their minds go. Oh, is that Hybrid's right? Hybrid minds go, yes. Ah, interesting. We would call it insanity, hmm. but that's what will happen to them. Um, and well, it's, it's fairly unpleasant. But so, so that's what they're after with me. So if I've got this right, Simon is a stud for aliens. If the hybrids are the result of mating with any old human, they go insane. They need sturdier stock like Simon. Part of this deal is that I experience in their bodies. So, for instance, in their bodies, I will give orders to greys, little tiny, you know, mm -hmm. that I call the little helpers when I was small. Um, and I hate them. Bloody hell. Poor little greys. Nobody likes them. Um, and the problem, problem is that the greys have been a subjugated race and are trying to fight back. And what they'll do is they'll sabotage your programme. So, for instance, one occasion when I'm in, in a mounted body and I'm walking down a corridor and there's five humans and a little grey standing by the side, I think, well, they shouldn't be there. You know, it's, it's untidy. That's how you think. when It's just mm. untidy. It's, just, you know, it's a nice, clear corridor. They shouldn't be here. So I say to the grey, um, what are these humans doing here? Mm -hmm. So I'll say, you're not answering my questions. If you don't answer them, you know, I will end your life. Wow. Simon turns into a real dick when he's being amanted. Simon goes on at length again about the difference between little greys and the big ones. And then we're on to the reptilians. But the other one I'll talk about was, was the reptile, which I refer to as daddy. Oh dear. And this is the reptile that chucked us out of Eden all oh. that time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and this, uh, this is 1966. I know that because I can date it because I make reference to a television advert in, in the memory. Um, and I'm collected by a creature, this one here, and passed on to another creature. And as we approach, we're underground, we're under a cave, it's really hot. And the creature that I'm with says, do you see this great lord approaching you? Do you know who that is? And I say, yes, of course, that's daddy. Mantis mum and reptilian dad, and that makes Simon? Um, and then I go up to him and say, hello, daddy. And he says to me, you, who call me father. And it sounds really awful because it's like, oh my God, he's going to turn on me. And he says, for you are my son. I created you, I made you, is the word he uses. Mm. Um, and I say, are you happy, daddy? And he says, I am pleased. And I say, it's really hot here. And he says, I go into a tank and I come out and I'm really cool. And he says, the effects of this will last many hours. And I say to him, will you hold my hand, Daddy, although it's very cool? He says, yeah, I can hold your hand, because I know he's hot. Mm. And if he doesn't like cold, and if so he's fine, he holds my hand. Um, it's very unpleasant, this bit, I will tell you. Oh, no. Um, and again, I go into a room, and it's a dentist's chair, and it's a circular room. And I say, who commands here? And he says, whoever sits in the chair. Would you like to command? Oh, yes, please, because I'm only little and I'm very polite in those days. So I get in the chair. And so, so just remind yeah. us, what sort of age uh, are I'll we be, I'll be um, about six years old. I don't think I'm going to like this. He says to me, what would you like? Just says to me, what would you like? Uh, and I say, what can I have? And he says, what about a pretty young female? I was right. I'm not going to like this. So I say, oh, yes, please. Can I have a pretty young female like Prickles? That's the nickname. That's the one that come to get me. Um, she's a lion person, but she's a reptilian lion. She's, she says to me when she arrives, I am a servant of the reptile race. And her name is Zuka Lahlahla. That's easy for you to say. So I'm on this chair, and he's offered me this pretty young female, and I say, can I have her, or 
can I have, this is really funny, or can I have the woman on the Fry's Turkish Delight advert that's on television? And he says... As a six-year-old boy. <laughs> yes, yeah. And he says to me, think of her and she is yours. So I imagine her and there she is. Um, and she's there with a the veil and everything. She's sitting on me. Uh, and without being too crude, he says, do you know what to do with her? If I'd been asked that when I was six, I would have said, yes, I shout, stupid girl, push her and then run away. And I say, no. He says, well, I'll enter your mind and show you what to do. So without going to horrific detail, have sex with her, it's not real, it's all holographic. Mm. At and six years old. Yes. And he's, <laughs> he is um, instructing me how to have sex. I really don't want to go on with this anymore. Believe me, it gets a lot, lot worse. And he goes into the usual deep detail he does with everything. It's violent and misogynistic and not something I want on a family podcast. Or this one even. So, after all that beastliness, his reptilian dad asks him if he wants to command armies. He says, with your tactical mind and your ability to lead, you could win victories for us that others have not, not won. Um, and he says, you know, imagine going from star system to star system. And he's just really going, I'm saying, no, I'm not interested. I really don't understand why these highly intelligent aliens who have been around for millions of years and are far more advanced than us are relying on a whiny six-year-old to do all their battles. So what, what do you think then your relationship is now with these two very different um, races, let's say? Um, do you have an overview of... Um, well, they're both working together. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. They're both, it's both part of a project. But I know for a fact that the Mantids are playing a double game against the Reptilians because when I've been on the Mantid mothership, um, I, I've said, this is spying on the Earth, isn't it? And Mantid mum says, well, we're, we're, we're watching the Earth governments. To be honest, with the choices they've made and the leadership they're picking, I'm not that worried about them. What they was what what Mum was saying is yeah you know we're spying on the Earth government and I should say that when they talk about the Earth government they talk about America they state that to them there is only one government of the Earth and that's America. What still? But why are they spying? The overall the overall agenda will be to um, repopulate the Earth with hybrids. Okay then. And are either of the. Um different races, the mantids or the reptiles, involved with the governments on the ground um, at the coalface, face-to-face? The, the only thing that they've told me is that they have, um, I don't know what you call it, like an intermediary. Is there then a national c- contract, say, with the American people? Or well, with yes, the that's why they're rep- yes, they've said to me, that's why the gov- your, your, your government is the American government. We have the agreement with the American government, that's what they've said to me. Oh, they, so they we, have a contract. Oh, God, yeah. Could this possibly explain America's current government? And if it does, why do we have Boris? Simon is asked more about this contract. He doesn't know the specifics, but part of the agreement is the aliens are allowed to abduct humans. So when you abduct somebody, it's hugely complex. You have to get them at 13 seconds past, you know, it has to be absolutely right. And I've got drawings here where I've been into a craft where there have been eight, nine, ten mantids all working on, on computers, all calculating different people's timelines and put it as project management. Abduction sounds like a massive pain in the arse for both parties. Do they target specific um, elements of genetics? For, for example, Celtic has often been referenced in people who've been abducted. Often there's great uh, well, like um, they've told me. They've told me that they've told me bloodlines. Celtic, uh, what we call Romany or Gypsy, oh, okay. and Jewish. Yes. And what they've said is a North American Indian. I've also yeah. Well, what they've heard said is well. yes, because where the, the the bloodline is not as diluted. Bit racist. After telling the interviewers that the aliens are only interested in pure breeds, he goes on to tell us that they actually want to live on this planet at a time when there is a huge depopularization. Some big traumatic times coming, but I personally am not to worry. What they've said to me is you will always be given food, you will always be given water. Um, And I actually said to them, what will I do for company? 
because if you're going to not you kill up but if all the mm. human race is going to be got rid of what will I do for company and what they've turned turned to me and says you already know that you're compatible with any female here oh so as long as Simon is okay is that we as humans are going to be given a choice to either stay on this earth or spiritually evolve I'm not sure I like either choice he explains that the spiritual evolution would be us ascending to a parallel dimension. But I think what, what I'm looking forward to would be um, the opportunity to embrace love, mm. the opportunity to embrace a higher goodness, and to be able yeah, to say, um, right, I want to move on to whatever it might be. It might be the fifth dimension. Mm. I'm ready for that. I thought he'd be looking forward to bullying little greys and indulging in more perverted feline fantasies. How often do you have interactions um, with your... So, um, between three times and five times a month. Okay. Between three and five times a mm -hmm. month. And then it might be that I'll get two or three very close together, and then a gap. Um, and, you know, they, they, they have come when my wife's been in, in, in the room. Mm. Awkward! And when that happens, is she disturbed at all? She's not aware? No, well, she goes into slow motion. What happens okay. is that there's like a, a bubble that comes round and she just immediately goes into slow motion. Very interesting. And whatever happens with, if she's mm. with me, they'll just, she just has 20 minutes or 30 minutes of, I don't remember. I mm. just remember that. Um, and they'll just come and do what they do, take me away, bring me back. How very convenient. And on one occasion, um, uh, this particular creature, as a female, has looked at her and said, is this your human mate? <laughs> and I said, yes. And then this particular creature has gone, <sighs> and I'm very worried that, that she is going to attack. Alien cat fight? And I say, I haven't got any children with her to try and placate her. And she says, no, but you have them with me and others. And that's fine. That, mm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, I sincerely hope the three human kids that he actually does have have never listened to this. So, it, do you it, know your children? Yes, I've, I've, I've got children. Them. Yes, I've. I've, I've Let's have, a, have you got uh, them? Well, yeah, but um, you can find them. Hang on. No photos of the kids, just more of these drawings that wouldn't have a place on anyone's fridge. These are lion, it's a lion being, it's the same one that I talked to you about earlier on, um, the one that I had to ride on at back. Oh yes. And it was bonding. Now they only have twins. Whenever they, whenever they have, they just have twins, they'll never have a single child. So I've got ten. Yes, ten alien-human hybrids with cat heads. He shows us the drawing he made, which I have to put on Instagram. <laughs> so here are, the, here are the kids. Now this one's Zarka. What they did was they, they, had, they put, dressed them up for me. All the girls had pink bows on their heads and all the boys had blue ties because they said you won't be able to tell the difference between male and female and I couldn't. Oh, right. And they said also because it will, it's in honour of the fact that they're half human and half for us. So we're, we're trying to show like, the human element to it. Mm -hmm. um, the female names all begin with Z. So the Zarka and Zauf, but the male is a recall, mm. and they're all twins, they're all set groups of twins, and I say, um, they are all very beautiful, my heart is happy to behold them, and the Lion Queen says to me, it is right that you protect your offspring. This is her attendant, she's actually a bodyguard, she's extremely strong. It's all there in the drawing, the bows and the ties, all there to honour Simon. So, Simon's picture there of... Of his children, have you had much interaction with them? No, they don't need me. No, um, it's just a case of as from they know as a human, I you need that. You provided the genetic material. Yeah, they're saying to me, "This is what you've done." This here they are. Right. But they don't need me, and I, I say to her, "Do they know who I am?" And she says, "Of course they know who you are, the Adam. You've provided them the life and willingly. I either didn't forcibly take the genetic material from me. You've mm. done it willingly, mm. and that's very important to them." Um, and she says here, um, "This." This meeting has exceeded my expectations. The bonding has never been so strong. You have a word, love. Its meaning is different with us. But I say to you, the Adam, I love you. Now we must go. Or at least that's what he's going to tell the space child support court. So that's the kids. Simon then goes on about Cat Queen, that he's always banging, 
and goes into some details that I really don't want to mention. No, really, it's extremely distasteful. And finally, it looks like they're wrapping things up. You're writing your book? I certainly am, yes. And uh, when do you expect to? Early have next it? year, sort of hopefully spring of uh, 2012. Okay. So hopefully, if it, if it works out um, and the chapters aren't too long. No chance of that. And it'll all be finished before, before the end of the year. Um, and I will be covering it. I know that an awful lot of people have um, experience of a sexual nature with extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. They just can't bring themselves to write it. You know, it, it's cool to say to a, a researcher, oh, I've seen a UFO or I've seen a little grey. Mm. But it's quite another thing to say I've had sex with an alien. Simon doesn't seem to have a problem with it. I was hoping that this was the end of it, but it isn't. There are two more hour-long segments of this interview, but I'm done. Maybe there'll be a part two, but after going through this second hour, I was severely regretting picking this subject. So what is Simon doing now? He's no longer a Labour councillor. He's now the head of Connecting Consciousness. They have a website with a blog, and he posts very long videos. He has a podcast and YouTube channel, and... He goes around the country giving talks. But he's moved on from just rambling about aliens. He offers soul readings and consultations over Skype for £100 an hour. He'll also help you with demonic possession and gin problems for the same price. And the amazing thing is, according to his website, he's fully booked. He's also got into the conspiracy theory game. He's completely alongside David Icke with reptilian stuff, and at times he seems to be trying to out-Ike David Icke. But I'm tired of listening to him, so I'm going to leave Simon there. Maybe we'll return to him in the future, but not for a while. Episode 13. Simon Parks. Alien Shagger. The Epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that Simon had a terrible mother. She, she went and she just left me a little jug of water and a little glass of water. We learnt Simon is very special. Down picks me up, lifts me up, and as I put there he says, are. you are truly loved, you are special. And we learnt that aliens are perverts. Hmm. And what he says to me is, you may stroke the pussycat. So I go up as a female, this cat. When I started this episode, I was looking for people that fuck aliens, and Simon popped up. The more I researched him, the more I regretted it. The accounts of his childhood just sounded more and more like his subconscious was protecting him from something terrible. There's no way a three-year-old can recall the detail that he goes into. Whatever it is, Simon's kept up with his story, elaborating more and more, and now he's added conspiracy theories and spirits and demons. I'd love to know what his real family think about all this, but as much as I looked, I couldn't find any response from them. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Sandy.